With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Warning: This show contains adult political themes and language. Liberals and little children should cover their ears. Welcome to Liberty Never Sleeps, where negativity never sounded so good. Now here's your host, Thomas Purcell. Good morning and welcome to Liberty Never Sleeps. Make sure to follow the show at our website, libertyneversleeps.com, where you can find links to us on all the social media sites, including Gab and MeWe. Don't forget to subscribe to the show also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite streaming device. If you'd like to see ad-free content video of the show, you can subscribe to us through our website and merchandise shop at libertyneversleeps.com. Good morning to everyone except Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Listen, before we get into that, because... the like many stories, there's so many layers to this onion that I, I'm never going to be able to get to it all in one segment. I, I, it's just, there's so much going on with that story at so many different levels, and it's all coming out. And I, I don't want to make any judgments on it so far. I, I'll tell you what, I've, what I'm seeing so far, and we'll go from there, because it's, it's not over. The police investigation's not over, and there's all kinds of stuff that's going to come out. Trust me on this. It's going to come out, and it's just going to be awful for everybody involved, including Baldwin, including the family of the victim, or victims, I should say. But I got to, before we begin, I got to tell you about what happened to me when I went out shopping this weekend. I cannot go out in public and get any kind of decent service, any kind of the way things used to be, I can't get a decent meal. Well, that's not true. I have gotten decent meals. But it just seems to me like I am becoming less and less detached with society as the days go on. And I don't know if it's because society's changing or I'm changing or I'm not getting with the times, you know, because I don't even carry a cell phone. But I got word that I wasn't going to host Thanksgiving this year, that, that I was going over to another family member's house. It was going to be a big family Thanksgiving at their house, which is fine by me. I was, you know, I've been doing the cooking for years, I, and it's like, I don't get to do, I don't get to do, go do that. Great. Somebody else is going to feed me on Thanksgiving, and I can sit and get ossified in the corner watching football while everyone else do the, does the work. That sounds good to me. So as you well know, I've lost some weight. And my the suit that I bought just before, or as I was in the process of losing weight, 
doesn't fit. It's too big on me. And the suits and jackets that I used to wear years ago when I was in financial are just a little too snug. I'm about one size bigger, maybe. Some of the jackets and some of the suits fit and some don't, but it was it's a casual thing. So I said to my better half, I said, you know, I, I tried my old, an old sport jacket I had on. I used to wear to these kind of things. A nice, a beautiful rust brown. It just, it's a little too snug and I don't think I'll make it by Thanksgiving with my weight loss plan. And she says, well, then you need to get one because the, the two that you bought now don't fit you because you've been losing so much weight so fast. So I go, okay. Let's go buy it. Let's go 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 to China. Now, I didn't want to go to the mall, right? I know that you can find what I want at the department stores like Macy's or something like that. And the reason I'm using the names of the stores is because what I experienced was so ridiculous. So I didn't want to go there. I, and and I went, decided to go to another store, Kohl's. I don't know if you're familiar with it. But there's like a Kohl's on every street corner. It's like a mini department store. And I've always gone there for things like socks and whatnot. And I've bought things from there before. And they usually send coupons around all the time to get you to go. And I, I pull into the store a lot. And there's one close to me. I didn't have to commute, which is another reason why I didn't want to go to the mall. I, it's a long commute. You know, at this, especially, you know, as the season goes on, it gets busy or everyone's going out, going doing things. And, and there's one road that goes out from where my house is. It's just a pain in the ass to get to the mall. I, I don't want to go. So I decided to go to the Coles in my neighborhood, which is close, fairly close. And I said, Coles will have it. Jacket, right? Sport jacket. He, I mean, this is like a men's clothing store staple. So I drive in. Fucking lots empty. I mean, I, and I mean empty, empty. Like... Two cars. I don't know where the employees were parking, but it wasn't in the front parking lot. They must have a back lot. And then there was a whole bunch of electric carports with nobody in it, except for like the one guy who, who literally was getting there as I was and, and walks to his house on the other side of the wall where he's, he's charging up his car at the house for his personal car at the store's thing because they don't charge anything for those meters. You know, you just plug it in the store. That's what's going on there. So I get out, I go, what do you wish I get? You know, Annie's with me. What do you wish I get? And she says, I don't know if you want to wear a jacket. You know, it's, you know, family. I said, well, you know, it's like I'm going out. I don't go out very often. She says, okay, well, I don't know, maybe a brown jacket, maybe something for that. Don't get one of those fucking green or red jackets, you know, because I wanted to buy one of those burgundy red, you know, like it's on Seinfeld. Had There was a joke about a red jacket. I once shopped for a red jacket in Los Angeles. Uh, at Barney's, which was a big mistake. I walked into the store and I found one. She goes, oh, it looks perfect. I mean, this was years ago. This is like, oh gosh, almost 30 years ago. I don't think Barney's is around anymore. And I knew I was in trouble because I took a look at some of the prices. And I put the jacket on and she goes, oh, it looks wonderful. And it did. And it fit perfectly right off the rack, which is unusual for me. And she, she says, I, I think you should take that. This is on, you know, and I said, well, how much is this jacket? She goes, $7,500. This was 30 years ago. I go, 75. I go, is that even on sale or what? She goes, oh, but it looks perfect on you. I go, put it back. So that was the last time I seriously looked 
at a, a cranberry, you know, you know what I'm talking about, a cranberry blazer. So I go in, I'm looking around, and there's nothing but t-shirts in Kohl's. I, I mean, literally, they got t-shirts on hangers. Now look, I know it's been 35 years or 30 years since I've been in retail, but Jesus Christ, you don't hang t-shirts on hangers. And you don't sell them for 30 bucks. The t-shirt market, you, you want a t-shirt? Go to Walmart. They're five bucks or get it on Amazon. You can get t-shirts all day long for five, ten bucks on Amazon. You don't go to a department store, which is what Kohl's is. It's like a mini department store for a fucking t-shirt. All the racks were full of t-shirts. And then she, and then I go, well, where are the, I, I said to the lady, where, where's men's, you know, where men's wear instead of the kids, I kids wear. And you know, it, it's a function of Arizona. Everybody in Arizona wears t-shirts, shorts, and flip-flops everywhere. I mean, people out, go out in public here in Arizona in clothes I wouldn't clean my garden with. So I'm in the store and I go, and I'm looking around and I find men's suits and they're like suits some suit singles. And they're all fucking wrinkled, like they've been just thrown on the rack. And there's maybe two on a rack with one pair of pants. And then there's a clearance rack with some beat up old jackets on it, like four jackets, literally, literally. And no, no new jackets, no full, no full rounders, no full. I mean, I said to myself, man, if I, if I was a store manager and I walked in and my men's department manager ran the department like this, I'd fucking fire the guy on the spot. The, the place was a mess. It was just, you know, and, and none of the, not one rack was properly stocked. There was like a, a, a rack with a few pants thrown on it, one in a 38 and a 46. And I'm like, what the hell? And it was nothing other than the t-shirts. All the t-shirt racks were beautifully stacked around. They're obviously doing a, a gangbuster business in t-shirts. So I go over to the, the lady who's fucking around with an inventory gun. And I'm standing there and I go, excuse me. Nothing. Like she's deaf. Excuse me. Hello. And I was nice. Not like that. I, I was really nice. Excuse me. Excuse me. And she finally turns around. And she goes, oh, what can I do for you? She's got the mask on, right? Nobody in the fucking store. All alone in the store. Nope. She's got a mask on. I said, uh, where are your sport jackets? I said, am I, did I miss it? You know, where are your sport jackets? You know what she says? What's a sport jacket? I go, what do you mean what's a sport? I actually said it. What do you mean what is You know, a jacket. Oh, you mean suits? No, no, no. A suit, the jacket and the pants match. A sport jacket is what you wear. I said, with a pair of slacks, you know. She goes, I don't think we have anything like that. I'm like, you don't think you have anything like that? You know? So she says, the only thing would be maybe suit separates over there. And I said, I went over there, right? There was nothing there except some wrinkled pants and, and literally jackets were hanging on the on the shelf, wrinkled. Ha they hang like shit. They're obviously made in China. And I and I said I can't even go out and buy a sport jacket. So I wander around the store and and, and my better half she says I want to go look at the blouses. She couldn't find anything. We go. I said no. You know what? I said I'm not gonna wear a sport jacket. I you know it's family. I'm just gonna wear a nice cardigan sweater, maybe a turtleneck, pair of slacks, look nice. Instead of t-shirts and flip-flops like everybody fucking wears here in Arizona. So I go back. New clerk. All, all of a sudden. A guy who couldn't, wear, couldn't weigh more than 90 pounds soaking wet. And he would look like he was about 12. I go, excuse me. He goes, yeah? What can I do for you? He's folding t-shirts. Of course. No, but t-shirts everywhere. 
I go, do you, do you have cardigan sweaters? He goes, what? You mean like for women? And I go, no, a cardigan sweater, a button-down sweater. No, we don't have anything like that. <laughs> like I had lobsters crawling out of my ears or something. No, no cardigan sweaters. I'm like, it's winter. It's fall. You get, you put sweaters start coming out. I mean, this is the time of year where we're all when, when you, all the sweaters come in. No, don't have don't have that. Anything like that. Don't have anything like that. Oh my God! You know that was the attitude. And I'm like, I'm out of here. I'll never come back to. I'll never go back to Kohl's. I, and and I'm sure that you know if you go on their website, there's some. But I'm not going to buy clothes on a website. That's why it's just. It's not something I'm going to go and buy on Amazon. I know I can go on Amazon and I could buy a cardigan sweater or a sport jacket all day long. But I'm not going to do it because you get them and it doesn't fit right and it doesn't look right. The material you can't feel. You can't see how it lays on you. You know, sometimes a jacket looks good on the rack and it doesn't look good on you. I like to try it on and then, of course, I'm going to need fitting. It's going to need to be tailored and whatnot. That's why I said I'll break down and get a sweater. Sweaters, everybody be happy with a sweater. And I've got a few cardigans, but I want to wear something new. I want to look nice, you know? Family's getting together. I want to bring stuff over, food, gifts, you know, give out stuff to the kids. You know, family. Can't do it. So now I got it. Now, next weekend, I have to make the dreaded trip to the, to the mall where there's nothing but people and crowds and banging into me and overpriced goods. You know, sweaters that you would find on Amazon for 30 bucks, they'll be there for 90 bucks at the department store. Because, you know, whenever I go, it's never on sale. They're never clearing out what I want. They're always clearing out something that, you know, maybe was is eight years out of date or a t-shirt, right? So I got to deal with now. I got to go to Dillard's and Macy's and all that and trudge all over the mall and deal with nobody. There'll be no, there'll be no service. There'll be nobody in any of the registers because they can't afford to do it because they're charging outrageous prices for everything and waiting for this huge sale holiday and everybody shows up with their fucking coupons and the line's 20 miles long. That's the only time they sell anything at those stores. It, it's no wonder Amazon is so successful. Nobody's got any inventory. Nobody cares. Nobody provides any service. I don't know what the, the clerks are doing at Kohl's. They're just like poking through clothes and, and ca counting, you know, how many T-shirts they're going to put out. They had a million fucking T-shirts. You want a T-shirt, Kohl's is a good place for it. They had everything, Star Wars, Marvel Comics, all that. But it's like, I, I don't wear a T-shirt in public. You know where I wear a T-shirt? Around the house. I, I know it's a thing. I know me, I'm sounding like an old man, but I don't wear T-shirts out in public. I just... I. It, it it fucking bur it just it gets on my nerves. I'm I you know, I look. Nobody knows how to build a wardrobe anymore. I mean, I mean that. I, I'm serious about it. You know what a wardrobe is? Men's wardrobe. You have five suits, three jackets, three pairs of shoes, one black, one brown, and a sport pair. Some people do two sport because they have golf. You know, like golf shoes. Or I like to have two pairs of sport shoes like a soft sold, like a hush puppy, and then a tennis shoe. But that's how you build a wardrobe. And then you have what? You usually get seven to ten shirts, most of them white or light blue, few ties, three belts. That's a standard wardrobe, 2500 bucks. Nobody knows how to dress anymore. Everybody's walking around with, uh, with shirts that say, go fuck yourself and stuff like that. You know? I, whatever. I... 
I, I know I sound like an old man. I really do. But in, in my day, you built a wardrobe and you looked at it and then you updated from time to time. And, and the clothes that you don't wear within one year, you take to Goodwill and you replace so that you can keep it updated. And I haven't been because of my weight change. So that's why I, you know, I've got five suits, literally. That's my wardrobe. I keep everything lined up. You got five suits. You got three pairs of slacks, three sport jackets, 10 work shirts. I use a few more shirts because of the show. You know, I like to have a fresh shirt on all the time. And you got a dozen pairs of socks, you know, half of them colored, half of them white for sports. Sports shoes, four, four pairs of shoes, four pairs of shoes. That's all you need. Pair of black, pair of brown, and, and a sports shoe. Or in some cases, two shoes. Like, for instance, if you're a golfer, you, wear, you have a pair of golf shoes, right? I don't know why what people have all that shit in their closet. You know, I'm always getting on my better half. She's got a ton of shit in the closet. You never see this house hunter show? And they got, uh, she says, oh, the woman says, I need a whole room for my fucking clothes. I'm like, what? I guess women are different. But men, $2,500 builds a wardrobe in today's climate even. Five suits, three jackets, three pairs of slacks, four pairs of shoes, dozen socks, dozen underwear, a couple t-shirts. That's all you need. And then if you want some t-shirts you know, t sport for hanging around the house, a couple pairs of sweats for hanging around the house, a bathrobe, that's, about, that's all you need. People got all the fun clothes. And, you, and then when you go to the store, you can't find anything. No sweaters, right? In a department store. Oh, they got a hundred... 100 miles of case line of Mickey Mouse fucking jewelry for women or or cosmetics and perfumes. They got 100,000 perfumes. Nobody work. Nobody work in the counter. No, no customers at it. It's no wonder the place is empty. The place is going out of business. I guarantee it. <laughs> Let's talk about Alec Baldwin. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. You know, I ranted like that 
on Saturday when I went shopping at the, here at the house for about three hours about how screwed up men's wardrobes are. That's the way I am. I have a book here somewhere. I should, I should look it up. It shows you how to build a wardrobe. It was, it's made by Brooks Brothers, the book. By, I, some guy in Mortimer, he's the like headdresser at, at Brooks Brothers, you know, the head buyer. I don't know what the buyers at Kohl's are doing. They're just buying t-shirts, right? Nothing but NASCAR and fuck you shirts, you know, whatever. Alec Baldwin. Well, <laughs> it turned out there was a, like a Vic Morrow incident. For those of you who don't know, look up Vic Morrow and what happened to him. On Alec Baldwin's new movie, Rust. I guess he's making a Western. This is the guy who's constantly going around telling people he's anti-gun, anti-Second Amendment. Guns are dangerous, horrible. Let's make a Western and shoot him up. To me, that strikes kind of hypo hypocrisy, right? Look, I, I don't... If he wants to make a Western movie, that's fine. I get it. And I'm sure it's some agenda-based movie, you know? It's not going to be a real Western. Like the one I grew up with, with John Wayne, or nothing like She Wore Yellow Ribbon, or Fort Apache. No, they don't make Westerns like that anymore. God forbid we actually show Native Americans slaughtering white people. How, how Like, that never happened, right? So so let's make a western. So they're making a and I love I love a good western. And and there are very precious few of them that have been any good modern days. He's making one. Okay. Western movie is going to have lots of guns and lots of shooting and lots of, you know, chewing the scenery. Y'all kind of movie. I don't see Alec Baldwin as a western star. Nevertheless, he decides to make one. He's handling some guns on the set. We don't know the specifics, exactly how it happened. There's all kinds of rumor mills going. I'm not going to repeat them here today. Fired the gun, went off, killed the director. And then the bullet, I, I guess, or two bullets went, I, I don't know, was it two bullets or one? We don't know. Went through this director, female director, and hit on a, like a, a producer or another director behind her, hit his collarbone, almost killed him too. That's not a blank, right? A blank, you know, might kill somebody on short range if you fire. I'm not, I'm not a gun expert, but I do know that a blank shot from a distance, for instance, like you're filming on a, on a movie set and you shoot the gun and the bullet shoots across the set and kill and hit somebody, it could kill, it could. But generally, a blank will only kill somebody in, in close range. That's why they use them. And they're like half loads. They have no load, like no lead. They're just gunpowder in the, in the, with a wax cap. And sometimes the wax cap is strong enough at, at short range to actually hurt or kill somebody. Like in the case of Brandon Lee. I, I believe that was the case. I don't know. I, I haven't read about what happened to Brandon Lee years ago. So it kills one, injures another. Horrible incident. And I don't wish this kind of evil on anyone. I know there's all kinds of people on Twitter and Facebook and social media saying, oh, Baldwin deserves what he gets and this is what happens. And of course the memes, the hysterical memes. I've sent out a few too myself. About the sec an anti-Second Amendment guy going around shooting and killing people. It's just... It's tragic, and I don't wish that. And I believe me when I tell you, 
Alec Baldwin will be forever scarred by this. Not many people can kill a person and walk away and laugh it off or deal with it. It's, it's a difficult thing. And warfare is a little different because you're shooting people at a distance or whatnot. But even people who have been in warfare will tell you you had to kill somebody in combat. It, it, it affects you. There was pictures of Alec Baldwin bent over and crying and throwing up or whatever. It's a horrible... I don't wish it on anyone. I'm sorry it happened. I'm sorry for the family that were the victims. And I wanted to begin it with that because I want you to understand where I'm coming from when I get to the next part. Somebody is in a lot of trouble. Everyone's worried about Alec Baldwin's feelings. I'm not. I'm worried about the family and about what was going on in that set that led to that. Because that should not happen. There are all kinds of rules and procedures and protections so that can never happen. Not that it, it's not likely to happen. It can't happen. Live guns with live ammunition, which is, I would assume was the case, are virtually never used on a movie set for this reason. Someone could pick it up by mistake, shoot somebody, and think it was a blank. There's a prop master on a set. That's their responsibility to determine if a, 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 if a gun is safe or not. And then any live guns or any potential for live, they're removed from the set. And they're responsible. They know the numbers. They know the names of the guns. They're labeled, etc. There's all kinds of safety protocols. And there are union rules to ensure that. So the fact that somebody not only got shot and killed, but a bullet went through and killed somebody else, right, tells me that those protocols were not followed. Somebody's in trouble. So I looked into this. The prop master on the set is a 24-year-old girl who's, this is her first assignment, her first, first time when she's in charge, 24. She's too young. I can tell you that. I don't care who her brother, who her dad was, who her dad was, or what what her training was, or how many movies she's on before. I don't give a shit. At 24, you're not experienced enough to handle a full scale western. Now, if you wanted to make her a prop master on a movie where there was a gun being used, right? Such as a movie like Goodfellas or something where it's only like one scene. That's one thing. That's how you cut your teeth. You work your way up in the business. You, you work as a junior prop master and a senior prop master. It's all kinds of union titles for this job. And then you put in the years and then you, you build a credibility. And then one day you get the shot at doing your own, being the prop, head prop master on a movie. And usually it's, and then it's a full-scale Western, right? Where there's obviously the whole movie is about shooting and killing and, and whatnot with guns. How did that happen? How does a 24-year-old girl, woman, get that gig? Well, her father was a, uh, a known, experienced prop master. But that, that doesn't make you qualified. Just like Hillary Clinton was never qualified to become president. Because she, why? She slept with the president? No, that's not how it works. You work your way up. You get experience. You get a reputation. And you earn that credential. But see, in today's Hollywood, that's not how it works. In today's Hollywood, the guy who's, let's say, 50 and been working on the movie sets all his life as junior prop master, senior prop master, and now gets a shot at that job, at that plum of a job, being the lead prop master on a Western movie. He doesn't get it. The 24-year-old girl goes, because it's woke. 
we have to hire women, right? Had a woman director, woman assistant director. Got to hire those. They're, they're absolutely, that's the priority, right? We, gotta, we have to run. Because you know why? Because white men in Hollywood have been ruining it for years. White men have been getting the Oscars. White men have been getting the Emmys. So let's give that young 24-year-old girl with virtually no experience who went on a podcast not less than a month before this filming saying that she wasn't sure she could handle the job. She did an interview on a local podcast and, and she says, well, I don't know if I'm ready or not, but you know, everyone, and I agree, everyone at some point has to get their first prop master job, right? Everyone is going to be, this is the first time I've ever done it, but a Western at 24, obviously someone was hired for reasons other than experience and qualifications, okay? That's just, that just stands to reason. 24 years old, you don't get that opportunity. You just don't. And it has nothing to do with patriarchy or the color of someone's skin or what's between their legs. It has everything to do with being able to be qualified for the job. And you can make mistakes. You're talking about a Western. There's going to be a lot of guns, a lot of people switching them out, handing them to other people, people picking it up. Before this incident, which someone got killed... There were a number of issues with misfires on guns and people walked off the set over safety and union troubles on the set. Members, according to the UK Guardian, were reporting that, that the situation on the set was untenable. People were asked to work all day and then commute an hour to a hotel because it was cheaper to board them in another city rather than in a local town. That's incredible. So everyone, you had a whole bunch of people inexperienced on the job asking to perform in dangerous situation where they're tired and working outside of union guidelines. There were a number of social media posts by members of the crew saying, oh, we're not paid right. We're not in the quiet situation. They're disobeying union rules. And other union members were saying, hey, you got to complain to your, your steward. And you got to say, this is going on in this set and you need to step in. And right before this, several people stopped working on the set. Wouldn't work anymore on that set. Somebody's in a lot of trouble. Who would be in trouble? Well, the prop master, right? There's going to be an investigation into what happened. Maybe it was inadvertent. Maybe somebody made a mistake that isn't her fault. I don't see how it's possible, but, you know, you have to give people the benefit of the doubt. The producer of the movie certainly is. Who is the producer of the movie? Alec Baldwin, the shooter. Uh-oh. I'm not going to delve into all the kind of conspiracy theories about who this woman director was or what she was doing or who she was related to. There's all kinds of stuff out on the internet. I'm not going to go there. The bottom line is this. Alec Baldwin fired a gun that was hot or live. His immediate response was, who handed me a live gun? Not Jesus Christ. Why was I aiming a gun at a director and firing it? See, this is why there's the Second Amendment. And people always talk about, well, the Second Amendment is the right to carry a gun. You gun nuts are crazy because you want everybody carrying a gun. No, no, no. You don't understand. What does the Second Amendment say? Why was it written? The intent was that every American would have a reasonable knowledge 
of the use of firearms and possibly own one, hopefully would own one. What is the first thing they teach you? And I've taken the gun safety class. Why? What is the first thing they teach you? Always assume the gun is loaded. Never point it at an individual except in anger. Never even take it out of the holster unless you intend to use it. Those are basic, those are basic principles taught to every gun owner. Obviously, Alec Baldwin would not hurt it. Now, there may have been a situation where they were filming a scene, right? And the director wanted to get a shot of Baldwin pointing and from over the shoulder of whoever he was shooting at or a straight-on shot. But even then, you wouldn't aim the gun directly at the right. Unless, unless, of course, the gun was faulty. That's a possibility because we don't know the details. Maybe the gun was faulty. Maybe he was pointing off in a different direction and it fired at the director. And he wasn't even aiming at the director. That could happen, especially with an old Western gun. If you know anything about old guns, they're not altogether that accurate. But if Baldwin was proficient with the weapon, he would have checked the weapon, made sure it didn't have a live round. One of the things you always do when you get a weapon, first thing you do, check it. And then the prop master in an interview was saying, well, you know, one of the tricky things about Westerns is rigging a gun so that there were three or four blank rounds between a live round. And I'm thinking, why would you have a live round in the gun at all? I have no idea. I don't know what she meant by that on that interview. But you would check the gun if you knew anything about it, if you were proficient. And you certainly wouldn't aim it at anyone and fire it. Blanks or no. But see, the mindset of people like Alec Baldwin is guns are dangerous. And that's going to be the pitch here. Oh, see, guns are dangerous. I did everything. I hired the prop master and I fired. I still killed somebody. Now, the problem is in guns. The problem is that people are not proficient or at least have a reasonable sense of proficiency or ability and use the proper caution with weapons. It is a weapon. It is designed to kill people. It should not be used in jest or improperly. The same applies to a bow and arrow or a sword. I got news for you. I have prop swords, I have prop things, and I have real ones. I would never use either one in such a way. You just don't do it. Because you never know when something can go wrong. You, you see these things on YouTube, kids playing with the guns and fooling with them. And then they're getting shot. I hear about these stories all the time. Well, he's, what, and, and they always go, oh, these Second Amendment users. They're going to kill their kids. They're going to kill me. And No. It's the improper use of firearms that's dangerous, not the proper use. It's being unaware of the capabilities of something. And, of course, getting woke. Hiring someone who was not prepared for the job. I don't care what their experience is. I really don't. 24 is too young to be the lead prop master on a Western movie. That's my personal opinion. When I was 24, I was doing a lot of things. I was given a lot of responsibility because I was very smart and I was very good at what I did at the time. I wouldn't have been given a head job. I wouldn't have been given a head management job or a store management job. or anything. I wouldn't be given that because it's so easy to make a mistake. And making mistakes in the case of guns will get someone killed. Ask Alec Baldwin. And you know what? As a result, movies may change. 
They're going to say, no, no more live weapons at all. We'll do nothing but use Nerf guns. We'll use CGI. You'll never see a decent Western again or a movie with any kind of real gunfire. Or you know, you know what, what movie I always felt represented weapons in the proper light? I don't know if you've ever seen this before. Terminator 2. If you get a chance, get a clip of the gunfight in Terminator 2 in the garage when they're rescuing uh, Linda Hamilton from the mental hospital, you'll notice something. The guns, of course, are all blanks, right? But the gun sounds are not enhanced. In other words, the weapons that you hear in the movie and the rate of fire are exactly the sounds and the capability of the weapons they used. Most movies, they enhance it in some way, flashbang. And the, the, the gunfight in that scene, I've checked into this, was not enhanced in any way. That is an accurate representation. If you want to see what real, guns can really do, how they sound in a situation, they're very noisy. And it, it doesn't sound like you think it does. It, you know, these Western movies, are bam, bam, that's not how it actually sounds. It sounds almost like a firecracker. They're very dangerous and it's very deceiving. We need to move on. I think I may post the clip, that that gunfight, because it's you realize when you watch the movie, you go, "Well, that doesn't sound right," because you're so used to Hollywood gunfights, you don't realize that James Cameron was wanted to be accurate. And what would a gun sound like in a garage, in a handgun situation, fire from a moving car? What does it sound? What does it look like? That's what it is. Let's talk about another serious situation. Afghanistan. We'll be right back. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. Well, I, like I said, I feel bad about the whole situation with Baldwin and the family. I'm just not worried about Baldwin's feelings, right? And I, I don't, I, it's not like I put a whole lot of blame on them. These things happen. Accidents happen. It's a dangerous situation using weapons. I, I just, it's, it's kind of like things are always seem from getting from better to worse when you go down the path of political agenda instead of, hey, let's give the job to somebody who knows what they're doing because I don't want to shoot anybody, right? I'm, and and it, it, the, there's so many layers to the onion. You know, he's an anti-Second Amendment guy and he has rage issues and then he shoots somebody. And it's just, there's so much going on with this story. It's like, it, it, it's like well, what's going to break tomorrow in that story? What is the investigation going to show? And, and, and I'm sure he didn't want to kill somebody. I'm sure the prop master thought she was doing a good job. I, it's just a... An awful situation. It really is. It's an accident is what it is. But it was an accident that 
it, it's the end result of a, a series of bad decisions. You see what I'm saying? And it, it's the kind of thing you could have seen it coming. Like, well, you, you have problems on the set. There were misfires on the set. You didn't replace the prop master. You hired somebody who may not have been qualified for the job. You were using maybe the weapon in an injudicious manner. All of these things had to add up. It was, it's not just one mistake. It's a series of mistakes. And then everybody throws up their hands and say, well, nothing we can do about it. It was an accident. But there was. There was. The father of, of the director, she was a young girl too. Well, I shouldn't say young girl, young woman. He says, oh, Alec Baldwin's not to blame. How do you know? You haven't even had an investigation yet. The police are still looking into it. You don't know. Just let the chips fall where they may. Whatever. Speaking of chips fall where they may. Afghanistan. Guess what? We were lied to about how many people we left in Afghanistan. How many people, I shouldn't say we, how many people Biden left? Because it was his decision. I told you that was going to happen. I told you that they were not telling you. We did the math here on the show. I calculated how many planes, how many would leave an hour, how many would have to be empty and come back, what kind of, you only had one runway, so it was easy to track. How many people were on each plane? I told you, you couldn't get people out. There were going to be 300 to 1,200 still left by my math. Guess what they said today? State Department officials, this is incredible. It's almost to the number. State Department officials briefed congressional staff this week. Of course, they're not going to do it in a press conference, right? Jen Psaki, Raggedy Ann's not going to admit this. They're not going to do it when everybody's watching a press conference on Afghanistan. No, they're going to do it behind closed doors in a congressional staff meeting because they, the, the truth is too horrible to admit. State Department officials briefing congressional staff this week told them that it, they were in touch with 363 Americans in Afghanistan and nearly 176 legal permanent residents. A congressional source was, who was told on the call to Fox News. Five, over 500 people. Like I said, I told you that's how many were going to leave. It's, it's going to be about 500 to 1,200 people. And you know that it's probably even more than that. If those are the people they're admitting to. The, the Daryl Issa of California and other Republicans accused the administration of betrayal of Americans of betrayal. It's more than that. It's incompetence. It's not a betrayal. It's downright incompetence. Your job is to make sure everyone gets out before you send the troops home. They sent the troops home and then they started getting people out. That's what happened. It didn't take a brain to know that you're not going to get them all out. And sure enough, they're in touch with 363 Americans. Americans. We're not talking about Afghan translators. Meanwhile, they got what? 10,000. They're telling 10,000 people out. You got 10,000 people out, but you couldn't even get 363 Americans. There were only like 2,000 in the beginning. These are not translators. These are American citizens. They're in an enemy country. What are you going to do about it? When's the rescue operation begin, Joe? 363 number is significantly higher than previous estimates by the Biden administration which has put the number at about 100 in September and is the only number with the State Department is in context. CNN first reported the 363 figure. So you know that's even low. You know it's about 500, maybe more. Exactly what we said here on the show. Just All you had to do is the math. How many planes can go in and go out? How many people were left? And they had said, we've got about you know this many thousands in Afghanistan at the beginning of the operation. I go, okay, here's the math. And they're going to leave about 500 people. That's what it came out to. This was, this was one of those conspiracy... What's the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth? About five weeks. 
It comes amid continuing fallout from the botched withdrawal of Afghanistan ahead of the August 31st withdrawal deadline, which saw a scramble of Americans and Afghans trying to get out of the country before the Taliban took over. I thought they were our friends. I thought they were very professional. Why weren't they on a plane? Why aren't the 363 Americans, if these guys are so professional and our butt buddies now, how come they're just not telling to the, these Americans, we'll just go to the airport, we'll send a plane for you, right? We're supposed to be in talks with these people. We're supposed to be, we're dealing, we just assassinated somebody. Did you know that the, the American government just sent over a drone strike and killed supposedly Alk, ISIS, quote unquote people? Uh, ISIS, what, I don't know, saboteur or whatever, either that or, or carload of kids, whichever. On, on information that were provided to us by the Taliban, again. So you're obviously in communication with them. Why don't you just pick up the phone? Okay, we'll have a, we'll send a C-14. We'll make arrangements for a C-14 to pick you all up. 343 people, you could get them on. Why, why hasn't that been done? Because they're not in communication. They're our enemy. At a press briefings on Friday, State Department spokesman Ned Price did not confirm to reporters the number of the department was in touch with as a whole, but said the number of Americans was actually wished to leave at one point was below 100, but now between 100 and 200 amid a fluid situation on the ground. What do you mean fluid? You must know how many passports, because they track them by number, are still missing outside the United States and went into Afghanistan. You must know that. You must know who they are. At least a reasonable. I, you know, I don't expect him down to the last man. You got to figure. Well, we're not sure if this guy got out or not, right? But you should know a, a rough guesstimate, and they weren't even close. That's that indicates to me that they're lying. It's not that we don't know. It's that yeah, we do know. We just don't want to tell you. So far, the State Department has facilitated the departure of 234 citizens and 144 lawful permanent residents. Yeah, but that doesn't count. Are they going to come out and say, yeah, we did a great job because we got these 234 out instead of the, the 300 that are still there? And what about their families? Is that counting how many kids they have? And they actually had somebody from a pet rescue group go in with animal carriers and rescue pets but they couldn't get 300 americans still out that's how that's how messed up the whole thing was that's how what a catastrophe this was that's how screwed up our government is what well, their priorities see this is what it's all about priorities right it's not about you left americans it's about your priorities you got out you say you got out who knows maybe they're lying about that you say you got out over 10,000 people out of Afghanistan. It was the biggest airlift since Berlin or some shit like that. Like they tell you about January 6th. Biggest attack since 1812 when it wasn't. I looked it up. I posted it. It's not even close. ISIS has been working to evacuate a number of Americans stuck in Afghanistan back in the United States. He saw the numbers as proof of the administration lied about the withdrawal. Sure. This is not like, oh, we caught you. It's like we all knew. They're just releasing it now on a Friday, right? So that nobody knows. Nobody mentions it on, on the news cycle. And CNN will post a story, a column on page 18. They won't be talking about it every night as they should as the lead story. Lead story on the news is, hey, got 234 of our people still. That should be the story. For weeks, the official number was about 100 and it never magically changed. Right. For Americans, slowly got the number, never went down. Staff were on call, said there were many more start State Department 
was not yet in touch with, many more above the, the 300 number, that were not in touch with because they were too scared to come forward out of fear of reprisals from the Taliban. This is the group that we say are real professionals. Real professionals. Yeah, professional at killing our people. Professional at taking over the country. Professional at stealing taxpayer money for 20 years. What about the people they're not in touch with, ISIS said? Well, it's all, wait, he's right. On Friday, Price said the department's goal to make flights out of Kabul more routine in order to facilitate even more departure of Americans and others, and we're committed to doing so. What are you talking about? You're in contact with them. Tell them to go to the airport tonight. We'll have a C-140, whatever it is. I don't know. I'm not a military guy. A military transport. We'll have a couple of them fly in. If, you're, if, you, if what you have been telling us is true, that you're in talks with the Taliban, you're doing business with them, you're picking targets based on information they gave you, you tell me you can't arrange for two planes, two military transports to land at the airport and say you got to be out on this date. After that, we can't help you. And have them show up? What's so fucking hard about that? Apparently, they can't do that. Apparently, we are in talks. We're able to launch an attack on someone. So obviously, you must have some level of communication. You're always telling how professional they are. Book a flight, for God's sakes. Oh, I can't believe this. I'm not even going to go on and read. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm beside myself. And all this time, oh, it's a conspiracy theory that you, there, there's that many people. There's only a handful of people. A conspiracy. I'm tired of hearing that. Oh, I'm a conspiracy theorist. Here it is, black and white. They're admitting it. But I'm the problem. I'm the one they want to censor. I'm the one they shadow ban. I'm the one who did the math here on the show with you. I said, here's the number. Da, 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 da. Can't have got. I said, it cannot happen, what they said. Cannot happen. Mathematically, cannot happen. No one listens. Fine. I was reading a, a news article about the increase in rates in Arizona about what it costs to buy a house and rents. People are getting like rent increases for 700 800 a month. And so you know what I said? I said, you voted for it. I, well, what, what, do you mean? what do you mean? It's all Biden's fault? I said, no. You voted for it when you voted in a Democrat mayor. You've got a Democrat-controlled city council, and now you've got Democrat senators and Democrat president. What did you think was going to happen? The cost of living is going through the roof. It's a no-brainer. You voted for it. I don't want to hear no complaints about your rent going up. That's your problem, not mine. Oh, don't you have any feelings? Don't you care about? Yeah, I do. Vote Republican. That won't happen. Same thing with Afghanistan. This never would have happened with Donald Trump as president. He never would have allowed it. He never would have allowed the Taliban to go. You know why? Because the Taliban would have were in the fear of God of the guy. That's why they were hiding in the hills until, until he, Biden took over. The deterrence factor the liberals always seem to ignore about the Second Amendment, Donald Trump. That's why China's running us ragged with the, with the ports and stuff. Why do you think stuff is piling up at the ports? You think Donald Trump would allow it? No. I mean, I had, my, I had my issues with Trump. The spending, the growth of government, the tax cuts weren't really what I wanted. But my God, my God. 
I didn't have to pump gas at $5 a gallon and, and listen to people whine about their rents going up. Or, or, you know, at beef. I went to a supermarket this weekend. I spent 140 bucks, two people, for a week. 140 bucks. I, I don't think we ever cracked 100. 140 bucks. I'm like, fucking hey. I, you know, I don't buy anything different. We have a list. We, all, we buy regular things, you know, what we eat every week. I thought, well, I thought we got a good deal on ground beef. I bought a couple pounds of ground beef. I had, we had tacos. Super Bowl tacos. Well, football tacos. Right? I make them every now and then. Ground beef, I got two ninety nine a pound. I got. A, I thought I stole it. And then we got the bill at the end of the... Where do we spend the money on? I'm looking at the cart. It wasn't even a full cart. Oh, we got to move on. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Oh, we're running low on time again. Here we go. We're going to run long again. Oh, well. It's easy with this administration, isn't it? It's like a gang of thugs running, running the country. You've even got medical thugs. Dr. Fauci. This is a story that came out. I don't know how true it is. It was posted in a number of news sites, reputable news sites, Fox News, CNN. So I'm, I'm betting I'm, it's true. Dr. Fauci on top of the gain-of-research controversy that's swirling around them, gain-of-function research, where they, you know, spin a virus to more lethal versions to test it, which is what they were doing in that Wuhan lab. I don't care what anyone says. That's what they were doing. Because this shit, this COVID shit, is way too communicable and too dangerous for it just to happen naturally. That, that reminds me, I should mention, I tested positive for SARS. I had my COVID test, negative for COVID, positive for SARS. I, I paid extra and I had a SARS test done because I knew I had something. I said, I want a SARS test. I want a COVID test. I want an influenza and pneumonia test, antibody test. I positive for SARS. SARS is not easily communicable. SARS is a version of COVID. They're coronaviruses. That's what I mean. Not that they're the same virus. It's different. But it, one, they're both coronaviruses. Right? I knew I got something. That's why this COVID stuff's going on. Gain of function research. They were, they were, that's why so many people, 4 million people have been killed to date by this damn thing. That's why the vaccine doesn't make you completely immune. The fucking thing is lethal. You got to do something to protect yourself from it. Right? I don't, I don't agree with mandates. But my God. When a, when a virus like that, a coronavirus, sweeps the globe and kills 4 million people, it didn't happen just on some bat soup. Nobody can convince me of that. They'll find out eventually. Where were we? Fauci. Oh, yeah. The, the, the gang of thugs that are running our country now include Dr. Fauci, which is a modern-day Dr. Mengele. When now they're getting into all the things that Fauci was into. Because as they're examining whether U.S. taxpayer dollars went to gain-of-function research, which is what I just was talking about, they're finding all kinds of other things that Fauci was 
involved in. And now it's coming out that he was doing some sort of wackadoodle experiment where he was putting beagles in, I mean, it's just horrific. My throat chokes when I think about it. Beagles in boxes with parasites until the beagles went crazy and, and trying to infect them and stuff. They were, these beagles are bred for animal experimentation. It's sick. I'm a dog lover. But even if I wasn't, I would be horrified at this. I'm doubly horrified as a dog lover. It's horrible doing that kind of research. What the hell are you trying to figure out? I don't know what it is. I saw pictures of it. It made me want to puke. My Fauci's mind. See, this is what happens when you got guys who are so in love with the science itself that they forget what they're doing the science for, to protect life. That's why you do medical research, right? Even with animals. It's because, well, we're going to protect life. But there's a certain limit to how far you can go or what you will do in order to do that. And it just seems that whenever you get these big government type of people, they seem to be in love with doing all kinds of sociopathic things to get their own way. One of which is experimenting on, on a beautiful little dogs, horrifyingly with parasites in their heads. I mean, what kind of sick fuck does that thing? You know, I, I give PETA a lot of shit, right? Because of what they talk about animal research. And I recognize, look, some forms of animal research may be necessary. Maybe. But this kind of stuff that Fauci was in, was involved in, that's Dr. Mengele shit, Right? Because obviously someone who was involved in this would, would think twice about it. I mean, you got to read the story on Fox News. I'll put it up on Facebook. And it's up to you if you want to click on the link. It's horrifying. I mean, it's just damn horrifying. Now, people are screaming, arrest Fauci. It's trending again. I, uh, you don't arrest people like that. You don't. It's just... He's a sociopath. He's mental. That's somebody who's a sociopath. What is it about the people on the left? They always hire these sociopaths. Is it, you know, I had this discussion with somebody once when we were talking about Hitler and all the sick people that were surrounding him. Is it that a guy like Hitler, does he recruit these people or are these people attracted to an anti-Semitic sociopath like Hitler? How, what, really, which was it? Is it the chicken or the egg? And the, every one of these people that's working for this administration is one of these Quasimodo sociopaths that was willing to submit or agree to experimenting on fucking beagles and parasitic infections. And they're always short and they and they're always have a detachment with human life. Robert Reich, Carter's economist, Gar Merrick Garland, Obviously, can't even his his voice is quavering as he's talking. He's well, he only got what they put him on. They sat him on a phone book for God's sakes during his interview in the car. I mean, what is it with people? They're always hiring these Quasimodos. That's all that works in governments. Quasimodos. You go into the post office, my local post office. So is everybody? It looks like a Quasimodo. One guy's got like white eye. Another's got a hunchback. 
The guy working the guy working the front who's standing in the front telling you where the stamp machine is has like a, a gimp leg with a foot turned to sideways. That's all they hire anymore in governments. Quasimodos, people who couldn't get a job anywhere else, right? And they're now in charge of things. Look at Jen Psaki. She should be managing a wet seal somewhere. She's a mental midget too. All of them are a bunch of mental midgets. Nobody has any deep intellectual thought. It's no wonder Afghanistan went bad. The head guy and the head general, General Miley, he's, he's cozy with our enemies. The Chinese general, Chinese general staff are enemies. You don't sit down and you don't talk with them. You don't discuss with them best ways to fight a war. They're all a bunch of Quasimodos running this administration. Look at the, look at the bunch of, the, look at the Secretary of State. He was a guy who didn't belong in the job either. He, I mean, you hardly even hear about the guy. Anthony Blinken, another Quasimodo. Look at him. Ah, we're out of time. I got, we got to talk about one last thing before we go. But it's, uh, this Dr. Fauci should be fired immediately. I'm not, I, like I said, don't arrest them because that's just going to, then you have a trial and then they get credibility. I'm, you just arrest them. Do what Donald Trump does. does. You don't arrest them. Just fire them and take their pension away. Yeah, how you like them apples? You've sacrificed your what you've worked your entire love life for. Sitting in a desk in an office. By the way, have you seen a picture of Fauci's office? Talk about talk about like Dr. Mengele shit. He's got in his office, I mean I'm not shitting you, like a twelve foot picture of himself. The last time I saw that was Ted Kennedy. Ted Kennedy had that same. A 12-foot picture of him, just himself. A watercolor or something. Who has a picture of themselves in their office, for God's sakes? I have a picture of me and my better half. on the back. A little picture, you know, like, oh, look at these good times we had. You don't have a picture of your mug? That shows you the rampant ego. That guy should be just fired. Take his pensions away. Fuck him. Take his pension away. You earn that pension doing what? Experimenting on beagles? Changing your opinion on masks and vaccines and all kinds of stuff all the time? Just fire the guy. Just get rid of him. The, th the problem is you fire him, who do you replace him with? Somebody even worse? The next Dr. Mengele who might be worse? They, these people, they get so detached. From what they're doing, you're supposed to be governing, in his case, the CDC, head of the CDC. You're supposed to be the guy who's determining funding. You should sit down and go, hey, listen, uh, this one's costing the line of medical ethics and, and, and bio-experimental ethics. We wouldn't allow this. If a cosmetic company was doing this, they certainly wouldn't be allowed to do it. Why should we? You know, that kind of thing. You should be the, he should be the guy, not the go-to guy, but the check, the guy where the buck stops. He actually comes out in a documentary, a National Geographic documentary about himself. What kind of arrogance is that? He's still serving in government and you're doing a documentary on himself about how great Dr. Fauci is? Jeez Louise. The people that this administration have in their jobs there, it's just like the Obama administration. They hire the worst person for the job. We'll be right back after this brief break.
maybe I maybe I should entitle this show Monday Morning Rant. I only got a few minutes left. You know, it's been a while since I've done a rant. I don't know why. I just haven't lately. I don't want to be, you know, labeled as the rant guy. Because then you just get a reputation. No one takes you seriously. Because I do a lot of research. I spend a lot of time on stories before I talk about them. I want to be sure of it. There's so much conspiracy and fake news out there. I don't want to be part of that. Netflix. Chappelle. They're, they're protesting Dave Chappelle, right? And the CEO is like, well, maybe I should have done something bad. Why? The guy puts out humor. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Okay, we've, we've done this, right? But they're walking off the job over in Netflix because Netflix, Netflix had one of these social media activists walk into their office who worked at Netflix and got and up, just broke up a meeting. And so they fired him. And then it turned out he was transgender or something like that. And these activists who are working in Netflix. See, that's the problem bringing these people into your office, by the way. This, that, really, that's it. You bring these people in and they bring problems with them. Not transgender. I'm talking about social activists. Social justice is just another word for bullying. It's trying to circumvent the Fifth Amendment. That's what it is. So they, they bring these people in, they're screaming and yelling about Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle what? Tells some unpleasant, for some people, jokes. Rude jokes. Funny jokes in some people's mind. And makes some social commentary while doing so. <gasps> How terrible, right? They're not okay with that. I get it. They don't like people making fun of them. Okay, I get, I get that. I understand that. Don't watch it. Don't turn off. But here's the thing. The same people, they were working there. They were okay when Netflix put on that show, Cuties, which sexualized young children. As, I'm putting them on in a dance on stripper poles. That was okay with them, Right? Take a look at Netflix's lineup. All kinds of perversions, cannibalism, all kinds of sexual deviant shows that are on there. I, look, it's entertainment for some people. I don't want to watch it. I don't, I'm not about to tell anyone that they shouldn't show anything on Netflix. With the exception, I would think, of child pornography, which I think cuties bordered on. But at the same time, I didn't make too much of a stink about it because I don't believe in censorship of any kind. Right? Just don't watch it. I canceled my Netflix subscription a long time ago. Just I didn't watch it. There's nothing on it I wanted to watch. It was nothing but woke shit and stuff like cuties. Every time they come out with a new series, like they came out with a series about Rome, Spartacus, I turn it on. Or Marco Polo, I turn it on for five minutes and it's nothing but people fucking. I go, well, I'm not watching that. My better half gives me plenty. <laughs> I don't really watch that on TV. But they were okay with that. Why weren't you okay with, oh, but don't make jokes at me. Don't make jokes at my expense. You know how many comedians are on Netflix telling offensive, off-color jokes? You know what I would have done if I was the CEO of Netflix? I'm serious. I would have said to them, you know why you don't like Dave Chappelle? It's because you're a racist. Because Dave Chappelle is black. 
We've got other comics, Bill Burr and others, who tell all kinds of funny jokes and offensive jokes at people's expense on our channel. But you weren't mad about them. You didn't protest them. Why? Because they're white. That's what I would have done to them. And then when they're outraged, saying, well, we're not anti-black. We're talking about this particular... Oh, it kind of sucks being accused of racism when you're not a racist, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It's kind of unfair, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe that would wake you up. People are going to make jokes at other people's expense. It's the nature of comedy. And there isn't anything that you can't make a joke about. And don't tell me, oh, you can't make a joke about child pedophilia. You never heard of Michael Jackson joke? People do. You just there's a, there's a, a a line that is drawn for some people that's in a different place than others. Okay, turn it off. Well, we can't be part of a company, but you could be a part of a company for cuties. And there are other comics I checked on Netflix. I'm not going to call them out. Who have done jokes at the transgender's expense? Nobody said anything. Nobody said anything. I think it's because they're racist. And prove me otherwise. You know how that, what was that, uh, Crowder, John Crowder says that all the time? Uh, I think that's his name, Crowder. He says, oh, prove me wrong. Go ahead. What's your argument that it's not okay for Chappelle to make those jokes, but it's okay for someone else? We're out of time. Again. But that's what I do on social media. Red pill people. You're, you're offended by something you heard? Okay, well, 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 that's because you're a racist. Well, wait a minute. I didn't say anything about his color. Ah, sucks, doesn't it? It's not fair to accuse somebody of racism when it's not, is it? It's an unfair argument, isn't it? Make it about this, the situation. Hope you enjoyed today, today's rant. I think I will name it Monday morning rant because it is. I don't deny it. And I know sometimes I sound like just the angry old man, right? But it's truth. It resonates with people. Our ratings were a little off last week, maybe because I haven't done a rant in a while. Not that I deliberately came out today with a rant. It's just a whole bunch of stuff set me off this weekend. I started with going out and the guy, the clerk, not knowing what a sport... How can you not know what a sport jacket is? For God's sakes. How can you not know what a cardigan sweater is for a man? Jeez Louise. That, you see, it wasn't an issue that, oh, they don't have any. He didn't even know what they were. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Take care, folks. Have a good one.